Well, before I share this week's morning message with you, I'd like to share something else with you. I'm quite certain you've heard this request from me before, but if you'll indulge me, I'm going to approach it this week in a slightly different way. Heather, if you'll give me the next slide, please. This is Pastor Tyler's top 10 list. Thank you. <laughs> Does that kind of look like my chart? I drew myself a little thinner than normal. It's, we'll call that the after picture. Uh, but this week, we're going to talk about, it's a little silly, but, but I'm going to see if it makes an impression. We're going to talk about the top 10 reasons to invite some of the Golden Beach Community Church. And I'm going to say that specific to this church, but really any church. So we'll, let's get started. Number 10, 82% of people invited to an Easter service will likely attend. Of those, only 2% will be in response to an advertisement versus 86% who will come because they were invited by someone they know. So did you catch that? Advertising. Whatever that looks like won't make a significant difference. The clever title on the message board, the cards we leave in the community center, the Golden Beach pens we have, we leave around, they won't alone get the results that we desire. People need an invitation. People want an invitation. People will consider an invitation. The sign and the postcards and the pens, they're great conversation starters uh, so that you can, you know, you have them, you can tell someone about your church and then they've heard of it. You know, oh, I've heard of that place. That's the little brown church in the corner with the lit up steeple, right? It is. They, these, are, these are tools, but the invitation has to come from us. Number nine, two words, free coffee. I couldn't tell you if the coffee's any good. I don't drink coffee, so it doesn't do anything for me, but maybe free cookies. Free cookies um, and free potluck. Now we're speaking my language. So it was donuts that got my friends, Mike and Sandy here, and I followed them. So um, Number eight, only 2% of church members extend an invitation. This one surprised me a little bit. Uh, I talk about our little church regularly, so I think that statistically speaking in a church our size, that says I'm the only one, and that can't be right. I know that's not the case because... I see you guys, and I see you invite friends, and we don't have a lot of visitors today, but I've seen you bring them, so I know we're doing this, but let's blow that number away. Number seven, if you don't invite them, who will? Don't assume that someone else is doing what you are not doing or willing to do yourself. Invite someone. Okay. Number six, they're looking for a church that is involved in the community. Now, I believe it's safe to say that our little church is very involved with the community. Not just Golden Beach neighborhood, but also the areas beyond. Let's go down one more. Okay, Th number five. 35% of people would be likely to attend a church if they knew people there were like me. That's in quotes. So when I'm, you listen to the recording later, I'm not saying they're like me. You don't want a bunch of people like me. Sherry in the world can only handle one Tyler Bennett. <laughs> But they do want to be around people like themselves, and we are very welcoming. We're a very inviting congregation, and we come from, from diverse, diverse backgrounds and educations and stuff like that, and there's someone here that everybody connects with, and if you're lucky like me, you get to connect with a lot of people, but don't hold that back from people. People want to go where there's people like them, so if you're a friend with someone, you talk to someone, you've already got that in common. Number four, you might be inviting them to the place they belong, and that's a neat idea. Golden Beach Community Church isn't for everyone, but it certainly has a lot to offer. And this may be exactly what they're looking for, or better yet, it may be exactly what they need. And maybe they're, if maybe is exactly what they need. So you never know what, what people are looking for, or the timing or the conversation you're going to have with them. And maybe, 
If not, it, no worries. We live in a country that allows religious freedom. You invited them to a place where they can connect with God, and you've done well. You've done your part. But if Golden Beach isn't where they ultimately attend church, you've implanted an important seed. Number three, seven out of ten unchurched people have never been invited to church. Now, I don't like that term unchurched. It's used to refer to people who don't regularly attend or often attend church. It, but people think that means that it speaks to their faith or connection with God. I think there are a lot of people that have a good, strong faith and can't or don't attend church. So I don't want to use that term on church. But if we can get past that word and realize that a majority of those who don't attend a church regularly have never been invited, then I say shame on anyone who would offer a smile and greeting to a neighbor, but never the true hospitality and hope of a genuine gesture with real value like inviting them to church. Number two, when they come with you, it looks like you've got groupies. <laughs> I thought this was kind of funny, but there's a little bit of truth to it. Just remember, when you introduce your guest, don't say, see, I told you I have friends, because we already know you do. <laughs> no reason to show off. And last one, I think this is most important. You inviting them to Easter could be the most important invitation they ever receive. See, when you do your part, you are creating an opportunity for God to do his. Don't you want to be a part of that? And more importantly, don't you want that for someone else too? So let's fill this building and watch what God does with it. Friends, the story of resurrection is one that extends beyond Easter morning, beyond that miracle. There's Lent and Palm Sunday and the Last Supper and Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. They're all important parts of the story that begin weeks in advance. For the next few weeks, I'm going to put additional emphasis on what we should already be doing, and that is sharing our faith extending an invitation and planting a seed. So let's fill this building and watch what God does with it in their lives and in ours. Okay, Heather, back to our regular programming. Heart-led hands. We've been looking at our faith during this message series. We began with Live Like That, where we talked about admiring someone's strong faith and wanting it too. We recognize that we are likely an example for those around us. The second Sunday, we talked about being a playmaker, what it was like to live a life uh, that could be used by God's in other people's lives. And last Sunday, we went deeper. We talked about being an intentional influence for God's kingdom. Weather has been a hindrance for many, so I want to remind you that I have these recorded messages if you'd like to hear them. Uh, whether you miss them or want to hear them again, I've got them on this. I can put them on a CD. I can email them to you. But don't hesitate to ask me for them. They're also a way to share Golden Beach Community Church and God's message with them. I share them with four different people in Kansas City, and I want to increase that. Not because I'm seeking additional audience for my attempts at humor, but because we have a special place here, and I want to share with people. Even if it's impractical or impossible for them to attend in person. But this week, Heart Led Hands, we're going to talk about sharing our faith through serving. Our congregation does a wonderful job of serving others in the community the garden, involvement in neighborhood and community organizations, our benevolence funds like Heifer International and LLM Fund and supporting Show Me Homes, among many things, are just a few examples of how our little church of less than 100 serves the needs of thousands. So let's take time this morning and remind ourselves why this is so important. In the New Testament book of Acts, we hear a familiar statement. From Acts 20, 35, it says, In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. 
We often hear that statement, both the words, it's better to give than receive, which is true. But when scripture uses the word blessed, which is more accurate, especially to those who understand what a blessing is and know that there is nothing better than the blessing in favor of God. And this blessing is a reward for faithful service. Like we discussed last week, it is not and should not be the reason for doing good, but it's a bonus. It's a wonderful bonus. Serving others is a part of why we were created. Ephesians 2.10 reminds us, says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. But we're also created with this double-edged sword of free will. This means we can choose what we do with our purpose. This is not a trap. God didn't want us to fail. He did not design us to fail. He does not want to, to tempt us. He delights when we choose what is good and right and true and honorable. Galatians 5, which talks a lot about this kind of freedom, reminds us, For you are all called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Again, like so much in life, it's a choice. We choose to serve. And parents, don't you smile and take pride in your children when they have a choice and they make the right one? Again, God delights when we choose to recognize opportunities and then take action. In the scripture of James, we hear it worded this way. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm and filled without giving them the things they need for the body, what good is that? So also by faith itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. Now this one hit me a little bit because we tend to do a good job of praying for others. But I want to ask, I want us to ask ourselves if there's something more that can be done by us. When I read the scripture earlier this week, I thought, well, duh. I wouldn't wish someone warm thoughts and good luck on finding food when it's within my ability to share with them. I wouldn't do that. But as I was considering some of the prayer requests I'd received, I was wondering if I wasn't doing the same thing when I said, hang in there. God loves you and we'll be praying for you. All genuine thoughts. I don't have it within my power to heal a broken body. But couldn't I provide a warm meal to the family of the bedridden child or person? Or offer to watch the young children of a couple who ask for prayers because they're struggling in their marriage? Have I not been saying I'm, in, I'm with you in spirit when there's more that I could be doing to serve them with my body as well? Would I solve their problems or provide a miracle? I, I don't know, perhaps. And perhaps it answered a prayer that may have made, that they made that they didn't say out loud that I didn't know about. So let's be playmakers. Let's continue to put ourselves out there for God to use for his good purposes. Remember last week's scripture, remember, about letting the light shine, not covering it up, but making sure it was in a position to be visible by all. It says you don't take a lamp and cover it. You put it on a stand. You put the city on a hill so all to see. And when we cover it, not only are we keeping it from other people, but from ourselves. If you had a flashlight and didn't shine it where the other person was walking, but you had your hand over it too, you couldn't even see where you're going. So God says, let your light shine. Let his light shine through us for all to see. Matthew 5.16 continues on this. It says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 
You see, when you serve others as God has intended, it is God who receives the glory. Now, don't misunderstand me. The one you are serving will be blessed by your actions, as will you for their faithfulness. But God gets the glory. This is sometimes hard to comprehend, and the world certainly doesn't make it easier to decide which is more important, the credit or the reward. Because credit in itself is not a reward. But let me assure you, receiving God's favor and blessing, as well as a person in need thanking God for you, is far more important. A person thanking God for you. Jesus explained it to his disciples this way in Matthew 25, 35 through 40. He said, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did you, we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And disciples are probably thinking, what is he talking about? We've been with him this whole time. Didn't see any of this. But Jesus goes on to say, whatever you have done for the least of these, you have done for me. I would like to think the statement in hearing the teachings and witnessing the life that Jesus led was impactful enough to sustain this message for eternity. And it was, but God and Jesus was not done with this. Let me give you a glimpse of what is to come as the Easter season approaches. In the Gospel of John, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and then he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. Jesus is now understands fully who he is and what he's here to do and what he can do. And he rose from supper, he rose from the table, and he laid his, out, aside his outer garments, and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Let me explain this a little bit. They didn't have nice comfy chairs like we do now, and often eating at a table was you reclined. And it's not reclined like our lazy boy, but they would kind of get up on an elbow with their feet that way. And I don't, you know, you guess you really had to like the person next to you because their feet were right there. But it was the lowest job in the household to wash the feet of the people at the table. Right? It's probably almost as important as washing your hands, I suppose. But regardless of how they bathe, and scripture says, you know, Jesus said you already bathe. You only need to wash the part that's dirty. And these guys were kicking rocks and walking down streets and, and open sandals and, and the feet were dirty. And so the lowest person in the household would wash the feet before they ate. And Jesus got up, and now he, he knows why he's here. He knows what he's doing. He knows all the power he has. And he takes his coat off, and he puts a towel around his waist, and he washes the feet of the disciples. He has lowered himself to be a servant, or in some ways, he's lifted himself up to a point to be their servant. This is a powerful message about humility, and an even more powerful message about serving others. Jesus led by serving as Christians, we know that this is not a paradox. It is right in line with his teachings. He said, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. For even the son of man came not to serve or to be served, but to serve. You know, many of us have positions or had positions of responsibility of leadership in our homes, in our associations, and in the community. There's an awesomeness 
and being a servant leader. Consider what that means and how that can change lives for the better. Heart-led hands. True service brings joy, and that's a beautiful thing. Serving is an active deed of love. It's an active deed of love. Not just the love that we are commanded to show one another, but an action that reveals our love for God. Even Jesus showed the love of his Father by serving others. So let's continue to aspire to be like Christ himself. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the example that you led. That thousands of years ago, a message so deeply ingrained in our heart because it is why we were created to be like you. That thousands of years later, here we are talking about it and the importance and striving every day to be more and more like you. God, help us to set aside ourselves to serve you through serving others. God, help us to set aside ourselves by not being hard on ourselves or discouraged or frustrated, by giving to you all the glory that is due to you. Let us not seek credit, but let us seek after the blessing. Let us continue to seek to do what is right and honorable and true and noble and just. And God, let us enjoy the blessing you have intended for us and all people who choose to follow your way. God, I want to end the service as I do every Sunday by praying for those who are here today, those who couldn't make it for illness or travel. God, as always, we have this reminder in our congregation. There are open seats, and we love that, that there are room for, there's room for more. Let us take the, the semi-joking message about the 10 reasons to invite someone and apply that. God, it's not just about getting people to Golden Beach. God, it's about getting people connected to you. And if we can't do that here, then let's get them somewhere where they can. But God, we see how you work in this congregation, in this community here. And we're very excited to be a part of it. So this week, we ask your special blessing over the empty places in the pews. That would you give us the encouragement and the courage to invite and to welcome. Bring people here by invitation, by advertisement, whatever it takes so that we may share the good news of your word. And as the Easter season approaches and we study more deeply the life led by Jesus and everything that led up to his ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate act of serving that showed love for you and for us so that we may be able to pray like we do today directly to you and not through someone else, not through a sacred ritual that we would not be entitled to be a part of. God, he opened that relationship and you were ready to have it with us. And we thank you for that. In your name I pray, amen.